Welcome to The Math of You, a podcast about formative media from when we were young. I'm Lucas Brown. It's another bonus episode week, so we're reaching back into the archives for a conversation of extra bits from my conversation with comic book creator Teeny Howard. Along the way, we discussed the importance of waking up time, buddy comedies for cats, letting wrestlers eat pizza, and the making of real gravy. We join this conversation already in progress. What have you been up to? Isn't it like it's it's the afternoon over there, so you've had a whole day yeah, to do stuff. Yeah, except I went to bed really late last night, not because I have a had a sick baby, but just because I'm irresponsible. So <laughs> um, I was just up like cleaning house all day, and so I was like wired. So I didn't like go to sleep until really late because I wanted to like hang out with my husband and play video games. And he's in like the throes of his last year of film school right now, so his schedule is completely weird. So we just like stayed up super late and felt like I laid down and blinked, and then it. Was was like the afternoon like it was noon and I was like oh god uh, and so my day feels like being almost 4 p.m. over here my day feels like woefully young like I really I woke up and then was just like Ugh. like when you wake up that late you're just all foggy and I was just like I guess I'll like watch tv and like caffeine you're just sort of thrashing around and it's very black books you're just like what who who are you what yeah like i'm pretty grateful for this because it makes me feel like i actually did some work today it will make me feel like i i I did something with my day as opposed to just laying around and and staring at streaming media (laughs) we've been doing that the last few weekends too because we're in a rental house and they've been trying to sell it out from under us because our landlord is a jerk and so what they've done is that they've said all right well for about a month and a half ago they're like all right every saturday moving forward we're gonna have an open house until it sells oh that's so frustrating though that basically means like your saturday is spoken for yep and and they put it smack dab in the middle of the day they put it at one o'clock so it's like that whole morning is just then cleaning up you know vacuuming putting things away hiding certain valuables so they don't get nicked by people wandering through our house yeah and also you know finding a way to put the cats in their cages and keep the dog on a lead and put the baby in a carrier and one of us will go off and if you know let's say for example the baby falls asleep or one of the cats hides under the bed then one of us has to stay behind because it's like we can't leave right you know one of our dependents that just roams the house and so the funny thing is they're asking way too much for the house and it's actually two houses there's a house behind us as well it's part of the same title so no one comes (laughs) Oh my gosh, this sounds terribly frustrating. I'm so sorry you have to deal with that. It happened like four weeks in a row where we'd get it all sorted. I'd send Kim to go off with like the kid in the pram and they'd go off for a walk to the store or something and I'd wait and wait and I'd go to the real estate agent and say, hi, I'm just staying because, you know, the cat's under the bed and we can't reach him. So, you know, got to stay so he doesn't make a break for it. And they're like, yeah, no problem. 30 minutes later, no one's coming. They just drive off. Times four. But the nice thing is, like you said, it gives you an excuse to, like, you know, do something in the morning. Right. So it's like, but after four Saturdays in a row, it's like, I feel like you deserve one to just, like, 
sit around in like your underwear and watch TV and not have to like <laughs> get up and put pants on and be presentable. That's like, I mean, my, my whole lifestyle has been for, like formed around the idea that I don't really like having to like get up and go somewhere right away. Like I like to take yeah. my time and like relax. I'm like, I'm like a lazy spoiled house cat. So <laughs> Yeah, so that sounds like a nightmare to me, and I'm really sorry you're having to endure that. Oh, thank you for that. But no, I, I feel you on that, where my morning has to have, like, someone's like, oh, you know, I leave it to the last minute and then fly out the door, and I'm like, yeah, I, 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 can't, I can do that if I have to, but, like, in order to maintain sanity and make sure I leave with everything I need to, I need to, like, get up at quarter, quarter to seven to leave at, you know, quarter to eight. yeah. So it's like I need to make my coffee and sit down with my coffee. Like my my dad used to refer to it as his waking up time. Like he would sit on the couch, and in his case, it was Pepsi and a cigarette because you know that was my dad. And he sure. would sit and he would like kind of sit with his hands on his knees and kind of stare into the middle distance. And we were none of us kids were to interrupt, not in any kind of consequences. Just like this is my time. Out of I'm, respect, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, no, I, I get it. Like, I, you know, I live in North Carolina. And, like, right now, we had a storm recently that knocked down this giant tree in our yard. So, I, our back door is, like, kind of, like, our backyard is full of this tree. And our back door is kind of blocked. So, it's not super pleasant to go out there right now because you have to, like, maneuver around this tree. But typically, it's very pleasant. And I have, like, a little ritual of, like, especially in the, you know, one of the nice things about living here is it's nice from, like, March to November every year. <laughs> And I, you know, I get up in the mornings. It's not very humid yet. So it's like I get up and I turn my coffee on. And then while it's brewing, I like step outside and like I sit on the back porch and like stare into the middle distance and do nothing and enjoy the quiet. So I, I totally, I get your father on that. Like, oh. Is there a rocking chair in this scenario? No, just a porch. And sometimes a cat. Uh, <laughs> I have two cats. And it all sounds very pastoral and nice. It is pretty nice. Like I, I sit there on the back porch and like... But it's funny because it's like it sounds very pastoral and nice, but it's me. So it's like I'm usually sitting there in like a torn up Depeche Mode shirt, like, <laughs> like, you know, like with my black cat. But in my mind, it's very pastoral. Are you also in the black cat club? I am in the black cat club. Excellent. Yeah, it, he, he matches me. So <laughs> see, yeah, I've got two cats. I've got Olive, who's all black. And people are always like, isn't that a girl's name? And I'm first, shut up. Two, it's because when I got him. He's black. Olives are black. He's entirely black, like a black olive, exactly. And when I got him from the shelter, he was curled up in a little tiny ball, and he was really, really little. So again, he was like a little black olive. Of course, he's now massive. He's now like, uh, what? What do you weigh? He's sitting on my foot right now. (laughs) Um, He's actually, um, for a while, he outweighed the dog. We've got a a half miniature Dachshund, half Jack Russell named Junior. Oh. And Olive outweighed him for a while at these, you know, seven and a bit kilo mark. And then Junior hung out with his grandparents for a bit and they were like feeding him the cream off of cakes and stuff. So he's put on a little weight. Sure. Yeah. Our, well, I'm laughing that you said, you know, oh, isn't Olive a girl's name? Because our, our black cat is named Orlando because when we got him, I did, we, we couldn't know. We couldn't, we took him to the vet and they said they couldn't tell if he was male or female yet. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to give him a name uh, that would suit either way. And my husband and I are both big fans of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the, the comic, not, not the film. We're both big fans of that comic. And so we were like, well, if he could turn out to be either a boy or a girl, let's name him Orlando. That's very clever. <laughs> so, yeah, he's unexpected. Top marks. Now he's like a big tomcat. He's like undoubtedly a boy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for a while we weren't sure. So we named him Orlando. <laughs> Oh, cute. Yeah, I just did the math. All of it's 15 pounds. So, uh, and then we have Bolin, 
named for Legend of Korra. But Bolin is, has one eye and is like tabby with like a white bib. Aww. And it is as big as Olive, but narrower. He's like rolled out like a ferret. That's, yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's anytime he's like sitting somewhere, you're like, wow, he's big. And then he stands up and he kind of unrolls and you go, oh, I see. He's just slinky. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so it's our little menagerie at one point. Like, because Kimiko has Fridays off. Uh, and the kid's not in daycare, so there's Hiro in his uh, his jolly jumper, and he's got. You can see in the background there is one cat who's eating, and there's one cat that's sitting on one of the kitchen chairs, and there's a dog who's waiting for you to throw a ball. And I'm like, I live in a zoo. <laughs> it's good times. We just got a, a second kitten um, oh. named, named General Hugs because he's a little ginger boy. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a little ginger boy and we're Star Wars nerds, so he's General Hugs. And we like look at Orlando and we're like, we should have named you Kylo Ren because you're like a big, <gasps> mean, black, so plaid, goth, angry murder cat. And then the little <laughs> one is like a little ginger pain in the ass. But we did get them catnip mice of Kylo Ren and General Hugs when I saw them. Adorable. The cause, but yeah, we have, we have, or General Hux, I suppose. We have, the kitten is General Hugs. But yeah, it's like, we were like, oh, what's the difference between getting one and two? Okay, so two is not that much more work, but it is a hell of a lot more noise. Like, mm-hmm. they chase each other. And like, they love each other, but they just play nonstop and they're so loud. And like, the kitten is tiny, but like, they're the two of them together, it sounds like they're like adult men running around my house sometimes. You've got the thundering hooves. Of the they're just so loud. And I'm like, you guys are you know, cats, silent cat feet. There's even a poem about it. Like... <laughs> Come on, be quieter. I had Olive first, and we actually got Bolin as almost like a support animal for him. Yeah. Because I went from living in a first a quiet in the back of a building, first floor apartment, to a ground floor apartment that's right like next to the road, and Olive turned into a nervous wreck, and like would like creep everywhere instead of walking, Aww, and yeah. like started to overgroom, and we're like, okay, this is not going well. And uh, same coincidence uh, was the same weekend we found Bolin at, at uh, a rescue place and he was like super affectionate. I'm like, maybe we could do this. And honestly, like I was really worried because Olive had only known me for like the first chunk of his life. And so he was normally very kind of wary around new people. But we got Bolin and, by, and we got him Thursday before Easter. And by Easter Monday, like they were sitting and grooming each other and they were like best buds. That's so good. Yeah, cat friends, yay. Yeah. Although Bolin has also one over Junior and will like go up and headbutt Junior and it's super cute. Olive and Junior do not get along. Aww. <laughs> it's mostly Olive's fault. It's mostly like Junior will like attempt, because Junior used to chase cats before he had cats in the house. Mm-hmm. And so he will like go up like with his tail up and like looking like he's about to chase. And Olive will puff up and usually hit him, like give him a good hit. And like when Bolin was a baby, Bolin used to like attack Junior and go like pat, pat. Pat, like these little play fighting hits. Sure. <laughs> Olive apparently has the iron fist because he was he, when he hit Junior, he like spun it's halfway like around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kimiko nice. refers to Olive as the finisher. Olive doesn't play. Olive will take your toy off you and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's they sound like our boys, for sure. Cats are great. <laughs> they sure are. I used to joke about how people would talk about their kids and I would talk about my cats and now I I will start talking about my kid and then I will eventually just end up talking about the cats and the duck. Uh, My friend said, I love it, when you see her at conventions, if she doesn't remember like, because you know, we all like know each other from social media and see each other like a few times a year at conventions. She'll look at like, if she were to meet you and like not know who you were from the internet, but like she knew, she if she, you know, if you follow someone on social media, you tend to see pictures of their cat. 
she'd be like, oh, you're Olive's dad. Ah. Oh. Like, she'll, like, she'll <laughs> refer to people as, like, their pet's mom or dad. Like, she'll Cute. be like, like, if it's like, oh, yeah, like, she'll be like, who's your cat? And it's like, or who's your pets? And it's like, oh, well, I have two cats, an orange one and a black one, Orlando and General Hugs. Oh, you're Orlando and General Hugs' mom. Like, that's how she, she like, refers to people as their cats or their dog's mom or dad. And it's the cutest thing. <laughs> that's excellent. I love it. It's like parents meeting at daycare or like PTA night or something. Exactly. Or it's it's the equivalent of meeting people at a park and talking to the dog instead of the person. Sure, exactly. <laughs> the convention version is like, none of us leave our house, but I know your cat from the internet. <laughs> Do you know I'm such a terrible comics fan? I haven't watched Logan yet. Like, it's been available on airplanes since it's come out, and I still just haven't watched it. I don't know why. I, I'm interested in it just in kind of a passing way. I'm not, I've never been like a huge Wolverine fan. But I've heard it's a fantastic movie. Even like in general. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, like, I feel like, like I took the bait on the first couple of Wolverine solo movies. And then it's like, you know, I ran at the football and Lucy moved it the last minute. And I would remember looking at those Logan trailers and went, you're not going to get me again. I'm not running for the football again. Oh. I mean, I remember walking out of the theater with my husband and our friend when we went to go see Wolverine Origins because he wasn't really a comic book fan, but he liked the X-Men movies. And we we're like, oh, you know, this will be great. And I, I remember walking out and being like, look, that was a mess top to bottom. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Know, having to like apologize to our friend that went with us. I think I saw like maybe two thirds of the wolverine the one that's set in japan oh it's atrocious with my japanese girlfriend sitting next to me and she's looking at it and she's like do you want me? i'm like no i know it's wrong i'm i'm sorry it's <laughs> I'm <not> yeah <laughs> rough like it's it's pretty hilariously bad somehow wrong to both comics and the entire nation of japan so right. i don't i got nothing <laughs> yeah yeah our uh, a friend of ours who was also of, of Japanese descent was like, oh, this is so bad. But she was like, I want to, like, she she was she really likes Wolverine and X-Men. So she was like, I want to like it, but. Uh. And so, yeah, but I was really, like, down on it. And we finally went, we went to see that, like, a, a little movie theater that's, like, really close, like, within walking distance of our house. So it's, like, the minimum amount of effort expended to actually, like, go and do the thing. Sure. And we went, and I actually really enjoyed it. And so there you go. Oh, that's good. And the kid they got to play, Laura, uh, is really good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I heard she's, like, worth the price of admission on its own. And I would be happy if she was Wolverine going forward. Yeah, that'd be great. Although it's funny, I read an interview with with Hugh Jackman once. It was in the lead-up to this. It was just in one of the Australian papers. He was just like, you know, I'm kind of excited to be done with this character. He's like, if you think about it, I haven't had my own hair, facial hair, or body for the past... 17 years oh my god yeah and he's like because i've had to stay as jacked as wolverine i've had to keep my hair to the point where they can put the plugs in to make the little ears and i've had to keep the stupid sideburns or at least be able to grow them so yeah it's just like yeah with some sense or with some small amount of of notice first but yeah that's crazy it's like the poor guy it's been like decades and he's like maybe Mm -hmm. i just want to like get fat like (laughs) maybe i just want to eat carbs again (laughs) like yeah it's like a I could have a completely different franchise, but I can just remember Robert Tony Jr. saying, I just want pasta. I just, please, just like, I want like, I want Alfredo sauce. You know, I want sausages. I want meatballs. Just 
I'm gonna give it a give me a week. Yeah, I <laughs> remember. Please. I think I don't remember what it was. It was something that my husband and I were watching with with Finn Balor, and they were like, "What's your favorite food?" And he was like, "Pizza," but I never get to eat it. It's like, yeah, have you seen that man? He hasn't seen a carb in years. <laughs> like his t- stomach looks like a package of Hawaiian rolls. Like he looks like bread. He's never gotten to eat bread. It's like all day long and dreams of pizza. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Is, is like main stage WrestleMania worth like literally never eating pizza? I just don't know. Cheat day. Because yeah, right? I'm friends with a bunch of local wrestlers on uh, Instagram and stuff. And a big thing, because it's Easter, is uh, hot cross buns is are always like this big thing and in, mm-hmm. in Australia. So there's like you know, buns with like, you know, raisins and, and spice and stuff in it. It's always an Easter thing. You like toast those and like slather them with butter and it's great. And mm-hmm. one local wrestler who goes by Facebook because she's part of Team SMS, including Instagram, who is a hipster luchador, and Snapchat and Facebook. Uh, they're great. <laughs> and their leader is Unsocial Jordan, who's a vlogger. Because <laughs> like she, she's massively jacked and in like super fantastic shape. And she's just constantly like, taking selfies next to like stacks of hot cross buns in the supermarket. She's like, I just want one. I'm like, you can have one. You're the most jacked person on the planet. I, I promise right? you can have like, one. Your body would just burn it up for power <laughs> like instantly. Yeah, yeah. Wrestlers should be able to eat pizza and hot cross buns when they want to. Right? Oh my God. You know what it would be like? It'd be like, when, you know when you're in a sauna and it's one of the ones with the hot rocks where you can like take a ladle full of water and like throw it across mm-hmm. it and it just like evaporates into steam? That's what it'd be like for like a wrestler eating pizza. Exactly, exactly. Like it wouldn't even touch. Like it's when like I don't. It, it's you know it's horrible nonsense that little girls are fed. But you know I was I heard just like a lot of little girls near little the whole like maybe on the lips forever on the hips bullshit. And it's like not if you're jacked like that. It's like it's not even gonna get to that part of your body. Like your neck muscles just from swallowing it are gonna like burn it up. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're a, a locomotive that's being fed, like, coal and stuff, and every once in a while they'll throw, <laughs> exactly. like, a green tree or a newspaper into it, and it will flash to ash because it is running so hot. Exactly. Ugh. So I'm not even going to try to be like, oh, yeah, it's a seamless transition. We didn't have a week between records, you know? <laughs> we haven't lived our lives for seven days. Thankfully, no one, you know, got a head cold or, uh, like, got their tonsils taken out between then and now, so we should sound pretty, pretty much the same. I think I'll actually sound better because I was getting over tonsillitis last time. That's true. You were a little. Yeah. I was a little. <laughs> little gravelly. <laughs> it's funny because that same weekend I did a record with my friend Becky, who was talking about how she really prefers the Adventure Zone or My Brother, My Brother and Me recordings, where uh, Griffin's like got a cold because then his voice drops like two octaves and gets right down here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just like, you'll live your truth, you know? Accept what you like. Although I did do my tonsillitis George Takei impression, which just does like involve drawing everything out like so. I don't know if you're a a, a drag race fan at all, but yeah. every once in a while, <laughs> every once in a while, my this is one of my favorite dumb stories. But I was I was cooking um, gravy on Thanksgiving, which you know requires making a roux with you know with flour and butter to make the or flour or sorry flour and fat of some mm-hmm. kind 
to make the gravy and I'm making the gravy and uh, or making the roux rather for the gravy and my my husband walks in and just says hello roux you look amazing <laughs> in the early San, early season Santino voice and since then like it like slayed me I'm like it's it was so good I've like told the story about my husband using his Santino rice voice on me in the house <laughs> oh and also I'm so proud of you you're like I'm making gravy and then like I, I held my breath for a second you're like which involves making a roux and I'm like <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I again. I live in North Carolina. Like, <laughs> legit gravy is we legit. We make real gravy. Yeah. yeah, we make proper gravy here. <laughs> I was making gravy, so I went to the pantry and I got the little tin of powdered gravy mix. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. It was like it's from sausage or chicken fat yeah. or yeah. It, it actually happened when we first moved it together, my girlfriend and I. And I was like, we were making sausage. I'm like, oh, I'm sure you make onion gravy to go with this. And she like oh pulled out a tin of like packet brown gravy and I was just get that out of my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's like gravy is what it's like. It's not like making gravy requires a lot of expensive ingredients. That's kind of the point of it is to like stretch. I mean, yeah. there is a reason that gravy is often associated with like you know poor food or comfort food. Like I I grew up poor. I'll call it poor mm-hmm. food. Um, like and it's you know it's because it's like. The whole point is to stretch the fat that's left in the pan into something that can fill people up. Yeah, totally. So I'm like, to me, it's like, there's no excuse to use packet gravy. It's it's easier to make it yourself, and it tastes a thousand times better. Yeah, totally. Fake gravy is like a, I don't know, it, it shouldn't exist. It's like, I imagine, like, I feel about packet gravy and, like, instant coffee the way I feel about, like, what it would be like to eat a sandwich on the holodeck or something. <laughs> it's like, it might... It might give you some sort of surface nourishment, but really it's just a hologram. There's no value to it. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was Because we had a Harmony Day at work, and so everyone brought in a plate of something. And because I am a parent, and because I was on late shifts that week, they were like, sorry, I can't bring anything, guys. Like, you know, I could make a tortilla, like my grandmother used to make, or something, but no, I can't do it. I just don't have the time. I don't get home till 8.30, and then I've got a baby to put to bed. So uh, I skipped it. And then someone brought in, like, uh, one of the guys uh, in the team is, is English, and so he brought in a very old-school, like, proper good shepherd's pie, and I, like, destroyed a piece of that. Like, I did murder to it. And he's like, oh, you really like it? I'm like, yeah, it's because I grew up on Petit Chinois, which is, like, the broke French-Canadian version of shepherd's pie, which is literally just, like, hamburger mints and then creamed corn from a can and then packet mashed potatoes cooked in the casserole dish. It's... It's not good. Yeah, I remember when I was in middle school, I took like a home ec class and they had us make like a casserole with like canned and frozen veggies and like packet gravy and potatoes and like Bisquick on top. And I remember like, and they don't, they didn't even tell us to like salt it or season it or anything. And I just remember being like really excited that we were going to make something savory because everything we'd made up until that point had been like cookies or pancakes. And I was really excited to have a recipe in my very limited repertoire that you know, was like savory and I was like, oh, I'll go home and I'll like cook this for dinner for my family or whatever. And it was like, I was like, man, like we ate a lot of poor food in my house growing up, but this was like, I don't know, it, it's just like the, you know, the, the most, uh, it was just a bummer to me because it was just like unseasoned frozen veggies and like a tin with like this quick. And I was like, really? Like this is how, we're, this is, this is the skill version of cooking. This is, 
this is some stuff to be learned. Like, it felt, even with my meager, meager, like, understanding of cooking at that point, that recipe felt like a, a step down from what I knew. You're just you're taking a bite and kind of taking a moment and pausing. It's like, what are we even doing here, man? Yeah, like, sitting around in seventh grade. Like, what I mean, that that was me. I was I was that baby guy who was like, have we considered that all of this is just crap? We're just being fed crap by the media. <laughs> Polishing brass taps in the Titanic. It's all going down, man. Right. Yeah. No. I was. I was always a pretty more bleak little kid. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not completely out of character for me to have done that. Oh my god! Yesterday, some guy came at like ten minutes to nine on Easter Sunday morning, and like started to do like a weed whacker on the empty pot next door. Oh. Like just after we had gotten the baby down from when he had woken at five thirty, and we just got him down at like ten to nine asleep. And he like started up this thing that sounded like someone kicked on a Harley Davidson. And I like went to the window and I just like glared at him and I went to go outside and he was just like, don't, he's legally allowed to from 8 o'clock. I checked. And I just went, but the baby just went down and then he started to cry and I'm like, he had gone down. Happy Easter, guy. <laughs> so it's just like, yes, I may have wanted to murder him. Anyway, so 